Hello, I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Today, I'd like to talk about the law of concealment. This is the third law that Dean and Wendy Brown have introduced in their book on cosmic law. You may recall the first was the great law of nothingness. Everything has come from nothing and will return to nothing. The second law was the law of progressive contraries. Everything contains within itself the seed of its own opposite. Everything eventually produces a contrary. And I might mention a contrary is different than the negation of something. The contrary of X is not not X. It might be something else. It might be Y or Z. Or more likely, these days, because things are so complex, the contrary of X, <laughs> the contraries of X are numerous. X, Y, and Z, and A, B, C, and D might all, in various ways, be contraries of X. Now, the third law is the uh, law of concealment. And basically, it's this that nature loves to conceal things. We conceal things from ourselves. That's how deep it is. The whole notion I've emphasized several times in the In Presence series of the Freudian unconscious suggests that there are certain things that are simply unacceptable to us because we're civilized people and we don't believe in aggression. We don't believe in uh, allowing our sexual instincts and desires to have free reign. So, we suppress these things. We hide our own desires from ourselves. And according to other psychological theories that have gone beyond Freud, there's a great deal more that we hide from ourselves, including our spiritual nature. One might say that uh, our biology uh, is adequate adequately and accurately described by Darwin's theory. We uh, evolved. The human body uh, evolved and our most distant ancestors are bacteria and single-celled organisms. But spiritually, it may well be the case that we have, in effect, descended from the gods, that our consciousness comes from a much higher, richer, deeper, a supreme level of awareness and we hide from it. In fact, you know the most common game played by children all over the planet is hide and seek. And it suggests something instinctive in human nature about hiding, how we love to hide, love to find, but love to hide, love to be found, but love to hide. And we hide from ourselves. Now, let's take the field of parapsychology. I am right now, by virtue of these videos, putting out an enormous amount of information regarding scientific progress in the field of parapsychology, and yet the field is marginalized. And it's so interesting. Why is the field where all the data has been available publicly for over 150 years, why does it still seem hidden? And the answer is because people's attitudes. You have roughly 48% of the population who feel that there's no point looking at any of this because it's obviously not true. Any adult knows that. 
And then you get another 48%, I'm being quite approximate here, of the population who will say, well, there's no point looking at this because it may well be true, but it's clearly the work of the devil and nothing that we should be associated with. So there's only a tiny percentage of people in the middle who don't belong to one of those two camps who are willing to just sort of face the evidence as it is. Take it in for what it is because it's there. You know, they say, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. But if the student is not ready, <laughs> it, the teacher could be there anyway. It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. And that's what it's like with us humans. Spiritual teachings, higher knowledge, esoteric teachings, occult teachings, and the word occult means hidden, are there and have been publicly available for centuries, but it makes no difference. In fact, here's a story from the business community. Uh, my wife, who is very active as a business consultant, attended a conference once. We were in Las Vegas, and uh, it was a conference of uh, casinos talking about their uh, hiring policies, their uh, contracting policies. And one of the casino owners from one of the large companies at the time, I think it was Harrah's Casino, gave a lecture at this conference and he talked about all of their secrets that they used to market their casino. And then somebody from the audience said, how come you're giving us all of this valuable uh, proprietary information? You're just taking the corporate secrets and telling us. And he said, doesn't matter. I know none of you are going to do it. So, a secret can be in plain sight and still be concealed. Because in order for a secret or a hidden teaching to be acted on it requires a person who's ready and able and willing to do that. And in the absence of that, you could take the uh, instructions for making atomic bombs and post them on the internet. It won't make any difference. What does this mean for you? I guess the obvious one is to ask yourself, what are you hiding from yourself? Those are the most important secrets you want to get at. <laughs> and of course, we know from psychology, we're hiding all kinds of negative, unflattering things about ourselves that we would rather not see. And yet, sometimes it's very useful to take a good, hard look in the mirror, to be aware of the things that we don't want to see about ourselves. Another thing I think is important to realize, if so much is hidden, how can we be certain of anything? Why are we holding on to these certainties so dearly? Why do I constantly hear from people that they are convinced of A, B, C, and D, and how come I don't understand it? Well, we know just the tiniest fraction of things, maybe less than 1% of uh, scientific knowledge has yet been uncovered. In fact, one hundredth, one millionth, an infinitesimally small percentage of potential scientific knowledge has been uncovered. And the same is true of knowledge in the arts and poetry and music and, of course, in spirituality. It should humble us 
to realize that. And so, once again, I'm going to ask you to think carefully about the truths that you hold to be sacred and inviolable. Are they really true? I, for example, and I've looked at it, I came up with the notion that I, if I ever have to choose between human values and values associated with our animal nature, our greed, our hungers, our desires, I will choose human. And I hold that as a certainty, but you know what? It deserves to be questioned. The essence of true philosophical skepticism is always to question yourself. And when so much is hidden, so much is uncertain, don't we all need to take a hard look at the things that we hold to be inviolable truths? I'll leave you with that thought, and thank you for being with me.